Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And Cypress Wood Golf Club. Experience the difference. Now, here's Doug Pike. Sunday show starts right now. So, buckle in and hang on. Well, it's not going to be that good. Wild ride. Nothing earth-shattering being done here. I have to remind myself. Well, I don't really. Um, some do around here. That We're not curing diseases and saving lives sitting here. That's done by people far more skilled, far more um, worthy than than I. I'm just here to entertain and have a little fun, swap some stories from uh, your past, some plans for your future, help you get to be better at some things that I know a little bit about. Uh, if you ask me a question I can't answer, I'll be the first one to tell you that, and I'll see if we can find someone who can. And most days, most mornings, this audience of mine does not disappoint at all. If you can you can ask about as technical a question as you want about anything related to the outdoors and there's a very good chance you're going to get an answer. If it doesn't come from me, it will come from someone who knows. Uh, the answer you're going to have to have today is what you're going to do for Mother's Day, and I hope you've got that planned out. If your mom, if the the woman you most need to entertain and pamper today likes to fish, this is your lucky day, too. The water Looks pretty good along the beachfront. The wind is not just totally out of control and jacked up like it was most of the week. Currently along the beachfront, due south at 10. Due south at 10. Eagle Point, southeast at 10. Texas City, eh, about east, south, well, south, southeast, let's call it that, at maybe 8 to 10. And then inland, up where we are, or up between the beach and downtown Houston, i got a pair of zeros on the board. Now, looking out the window here at the studio, there's a little breeze in the trees. Eh, six to eight miles an hour, maybe. That's about all. Not enough to move a golf ball. Not enough to blow a boat around. Pretty day to be on the water if that's, if that's in your plans. I know my son brought one of his buddies up here. Robert is in the studio watching and learning and and eating donuts from, guess where, from Shipley's. And he and his dad and mom are going down to Brazos Bend State Park today to go do a little fishing. The boys went out and got worms yesterday. I don't think they dug them up from the yard. I suspect they went to a store and bought them some worms. 
Either way, they are jacked up and ready to go. If you have holiday plans with mothers today in the outdoors, if mom's idea of a good time is being outside, let's pat her on the back with a phone call. 713-212-5790. That's my kind of mom right there. Somebody who wants to get outdoors, bring the family outdoors, go have a little fun. Maybe do a little barbecuing. Maybe do a little fishing. Maybe do a little, well, if mom likes to surf, this is not mom's day. Well, it's still Mother's Day. But the about the only activity I could come up with that won't work around here today is probably going to be surfing. Because everything else looks pretty good. If you want to go, hold on, I'm trying to get a website to come up, and I'm not, not doing a very good job of it, actually. I need to push that button and then that button. There we go. I think the fishing is good. A good option, hiking, birding, camping. What else? Walk, just a walk somewhere outdoors. Kite flying. There's enough of a breeze down along the coast to fly a kite. I can't vouch for up around here. It's going to be a little calmer up in here probably, at least through mid-morning, late morning. I mean, if you run fast enough. Yeah, but how far can you run and how fast can you run? Uh, if, if you tie it onto your trailer hitch. Yeah, that's an idea. If it's dead calm where you are, just just tie the... Tie the string to the door handle and drive around in circles. <laughs> well, not yeah, you could do it in theory. The on what was it Friday when I went fishing with my buddy Andrew and we took Angie and Heather, the purchasers of a charity trip for my son's school, took them on to West Bay. There was enough wind you could have flown. Uh, you could have gotten the Hindenburg off the ground with no gas in it. That's about how hard it was blowing then. It, there, were, In fact, there was one of those big, giant, twirling kites being displayed by, I'm, store, I'm sure, a store that sells kites uh, as I drove down the beachfront that morning. I don't know who came up with that idea of those kites, but but they're pretty cool. The one that looks like a fish? No, the, the, it looks like a... Uh, it, it spins... It spins, and it's got big, long tail streamers on it. it it's got to take at least 15, 18 miles an hour to get these things up in the air. It's got to, because they're big, long kites. They're at least 10 or 12 feet long, including their streamers. Kind of like a giant octopus up in the air. Yeah, I've, I've seen those. Those are interesting. But like you said, it's going to take a pretty good gust to get those up in the air. Yes, it is. I, I wonder how much how much wind it would take to tie a Tie a nice sturdy rope to your bumper hitch, okay? Tie it, tie a sturdy rope to your bumper, lay out about 100, 150 feet of that rope, and then just strap yourself into a big old kite and see if you couldn't get off the ground. You tough enough? It's, um, it's like parasailing without the boat. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll pass. I'll actually parasail. That way, if something goes wrong, I can land in the water. With the, yeah, with the parachute. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to strap yourself to a big kite. Because that just becomes a an anchor if it turns over and, and the wind comes out of it. Well, you say don't strap yourself to a big kite, but isn't that what hang gliding's all about? Yeah, I've done that, but you're in you've control. done hang gliding. Yes, but but you're in control of the kite when you when you jump off of that thing. You can steer it, and there's no uh, there's no restriction like that. Rope restricts you if you get sideways against that rope and that nose turns over with the rope and the 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 tension on it. You're going down fast. 
Yeah, but and with hang gliding, you could, you could hit a thermal. Well, yeah, but it well, it just lifts you or drops you. But it doesn't spin you over and, and throw you into the ground. I've seen some pretty nasty videos to, to well, turn yeah. me away from it. Well, there's nasty videos of people driving cars and getting in wrecks, too, but you drove That's here, fair. Yeah, there's there's things can go wrong anywhere, but you, you just practice. You learn from somebody who knows what they're doing, which I did with that. You practice, 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 practice. And now, bear in mind, when I did this, it wasn't... I wasn't jumping off Mount Rushmore. I mean, this was this was low and slow hang gliding. Through everywhere I went was I was I was going to school in in Mobile, Alabama, and there's some hills around there that were just uh, just enough to where when the wind was coming from the right direction, there was the the wind coming up the hill, and we would run dead into it and then just kind of sail down. But we didn't. I, I never saw more than forty fifty feet of air under me. Okay. You know, I didn't just like in California. They'll just run and jump off a cliff. Uh, yeah, that's that's feet. the stuff I've seen. No, and it, that, it's no. a little too extreme for me. I haven't done that, but I mean, then again, you're either flying and flying successfully or not. Uh, I would. I guess I'm a little too old to be doing any more of that. Probably, yeah, probably so. I'm I'm at the point now where where those really crazy days. It, it, I was boy. I tried it all. I did a good bit of diving. I did a good bit of a good bit of hang gliding relative to most people. You know, I did it and, and fairly regularly when when everything went right and we had a day off from baseball. But yeah, it was it was fun. I'm trying to think of other things I've done. I did some dirt bike riding. Um, what else? I just a little bit jumped. I, now I did jump off some pretty high places into water. Did jump off some cliffs into water. I think the high, and I didn't go to a hundred feet, but I was fifty, sixty, maybe somewhere in there. That's that's fair, but I mean, you, you've got water a, to cushion your blow. Well, it, well, you hit it wrong, and there's no water to cushion your blow. You don't. Well, you to, shouldn't belly flop off a cliff. No, no, you should not. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Thank you. That is really good advice. That's a Chris pro tip. That, <laughs> that one's yeah. free. Chris, little pro tip number. What number is that? I'd say at least four. Yeah, yeah. You've had a lot of pretty good ones. Uh, Mojo weighed in. Today's choice for Mother's Day, planting flowers. Now, that's kind of cool. I hadn't thought of that. My son and I actually will be will be plucking our first ripe tomato from the garden today on Mother's Day and presenting it to his mom. Here you go. Here's a tomato. I will give him credit now yesterday. Uh, he says this was his, his original idea. He produced for me and then presented to my my wife because he can't stand it. He can't wait. He can't wait till Mother's Day. Everything we had prepared for her, he he laid out yesterday evening. But he went and he got a little card, and he affixed a box of sun-kissed raisins to the front of it. Okay, put a little ribbon around it. You know what the card said? Thanks for raising me. Ha. Pretty good, huh? Did you really think that up? Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for raising me. So if I did a search on the Internet, that wouldn't come up? Okay, cool. I'm just checking. Just making sure, man. That's, that's pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Apple didn't fall far from the tree there, did it? <laughs> Taking a little bit of credit. I, I mean, no, you have I to. I can't take any credit for that. I mean, you raised him, too. Well, what he does like, what I'm trying to instill in him is, is a, a love of writing because that can do a lot of things for you in life. You don't, and I'm not talking about just being an author and writing a book, but just, uh, 
generally creative person. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be thinking about what you're going to write and how you're going to write it. Billy weighs in pretty nice when you have a mother that loves the outdoors. A lot easier to shop for and make her happy. Oh, man. This is the first time any, I've ever seen anybody give a mom this for Mother's Day. I'm not sure why. Maybe this year. A fixed blade skinning knife for mom. Anybody, anybody else? Can can anybody top that? That's about the most outdoorsy thing. <laughs> I'll be honest. He says, in the back of my mind, I was kind of hoping she wouldn't like it. Because I really do. <laughs> Maybe I should have bought two. Apparently, mom likes her fixed blade skinning knife. I'll confess, when I was a little kid, I was probably 10, 11 years old. And we were in Florida at my grandparents' house for my sister's birthday. My younger sister was would have been turning 8 if I were 10, 9 if I were 11 back then. And my mom or my dad, I don't remember who, probably my dad, because my mom would not have let me get away with this. My dad took me shopping to get her something for her birthday, and I bought for her a Zebco Rod and Reel combo that she used for about 30 minutes and then gave to me. Oh, ain't that sweet? sweet. Oh, it was That was better than sweet. That was calculated. Oh, I bet it was. What did what, what, you say it was, like $3? Oh, back then, yeah, the whole the rod and reel combo. I, I would almost bet you that we didn't pay more than 5 bucks for it, for the rod and reel. It was a long time ago. Well, maybe maybe 6 or 7 But you, it wouldn't have been much more, certainly. It wouldn't have been much more. Pretty good stuff, though. you got to parlay it into something that everybody will like even if they don't all like it at the same time. Now, I I am open to hearing stories about moms who helped introduce you to the outdoors. I know one guy who's who's given credit all the way through for his mother being the person who really, really taught him how to fish. A couple of guys, actually. But if mom was, if, if mom was out there mixing it up, let's pat her on the back. Let's give her a hoorah today. Either email me or call us at 713-212-5790. Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com is the website or the email address. Mojo's planting flowers. That makes a good that makes good sense. We have we have new flowers in our backyard thanks to some I guess the clippings, is that what they what is it that you just you clip a little piece off a plant and you put it in some magic Root generating stuff and it magic root. root generating stuff. That's the technique. Randy Lemon would know. He would know the name of that. It's it's like a there's something you can put on a, a clipping from a plant that will encourage it at, at its base there where it's clipped to generate roots. It will encourage it to generate roots. I know it has a name, but I don't know the name. Well, that well, that makes two of us then, because I'm I'm exactly with you. That's all I've got. I, I could run down during the break and, and figure it out. Root generator stuff. I'm trying to find, here it is, this email that Mojo sent yesterday, by the way, about a guy up in Liberty County who, on what he calls his pawn shop special rod and reel, caught an eight-foot alligator gar a couple days ago. An eight-footer. Alligator gar. That's a big alligator gar. He caught it on, I believe, it says freshwater drum. I would guess a pretty big piece of that stuff, too. Because an eight-foot gar is not just, it's not going to take a little morsel to attract that fish. 
And that, that's another thing we could talk about when we come back maybe is just talk about the right size bait to catch the size of fish you intend. Because if you're planning on catching really big fish, sure, a sure a 30-inch trout might eat a 4-inch shrimp, and they have. They do all the time. But if I only want to catch a 30-inch trout, I'm not going to try to feed it something that, that a 9-inch trout will eat as well. Because I'll hold it. I know we're late. Let me do that. There's There's reasons... Uh, that I want to get into this just a little bit this morning, a little fishing 101 stuff for those of you who are um, who aspire to catch some maybe a big giant fish out of the surf this this summer or some big giant bass somewhere. Bat, speaking of catching big trout, Baffin Bay Rod and Gun Club down in a little well, it's on Baffin Bay, so now you know where it is. Is the only Texas lodge that is Orvis endorsed for both fly fishing and wing shooting. Some big trout being caught right now. I heard from Sally Black yesterday, well, two days ago in an email. Said, yeah, we're still catching big trout. Everything's locking and loading and getting ready for June to be just a crazy month. We've still got two weeks of this month. We've still got two weeks of May to get through before we have to worry about any of June. And I suspect that looking at the forecast and seeing no real significant weather for the next two weeks, now might be a good time to try to run down there if you can, if you can break loose. Great fishing, great lodge, great people, on and on and on. If you go to that website and you plug my name into the coupon code, just put Doug in there, then when you go down there to fish, everybody in your group, every fisherman in your group gets a cap. Free. It's a nice little starter. And as I've said, while you're down there, whatever the biggest trout you catch is, let's let's set a minimum of 24 inches. If you catch a trout 24 inches or longer, take a Sharpie and write 24 somewhere around the perimeter of that cap. And then next time you go down there, shoot for 26 or 28. And eventually, if you go enough times, you'll have a hat full of numbers in the high 20s and maybe a couple in the 30s. BaffinBayRodAndGun.com is the website. Go check it out. BaffinBayRodAndGun.com. We'll be right back. Dennis, let me know. It's root stimulator. That's what it is. Seven nine. This is Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports Online at Sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Sports Talk 7 Night, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. As I told you just briefly ago, and Billy points this out, said, hey, earlier you said if you didn't know, somebody in your audience would. Three of you helped bail me out of magic root growing stuff and remind me that what we're looking for is root stimulator, root tone, and, and they're called cuttings, not clippings. Cuttings, that's what it is. I know. I just couldn't come up with it. Billy John and Dennis just bam, 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 like that, covered me. Made me look a little bit smarter than I am. That's what I like about this audience. I have liked it forever. This this audience helps me out, bails me out just when I need it. And, and often other times, too. 
occasionally, occasionally someone will disagree with me, and that's fine. I, I have encouraged anti-hunters to call this program since I started doing it. And to this day, none has had the has has taken the opportunity to have a calm discussion about why they think that consumptive outdoor activity is wrong, why they think that hunting is a bad thing. But you've you've said had the calm opportunity. Have you had people call in just angry at you and just shouting? No, nobody's ever shouted at me. I don't believe. I don't recall ever having that happen. And and the disagreements we have will typically will be over very minor points, but still on the same team. We're still we're both hunters, and uh, somebody will uh, challenge the the ethics of taking six and seven hundred yard shots, perhaps. And 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 that's a, that's a legitimate debate. Some people don't think it's ethical to do that because the rifles and the shooters aren't really the average shooter isn't really capable of pulling off that shot consistently and and hitting a target that had close to a half a mile away. My buddy Billy Carter up at Carter's Country built himself a custom rifle and hit a target two miles away. A couple of times he hit it. Not Talk about having to think about the wind, temperature, humidity, all of that factors into that shot. Now he was he was shooting at a target about the size of a garbage can, but if you put a garbage can two miles down the street, I'm going to have a hard time finding it. Oh yeah, I'm going to have a hard time seeing the doggone thing, let alone hitting it with a rifle. So that's the kind of thing that we we typically debate. But I can't, I still can't get someone to call me and say I think I've had, and I've had some people just say I don't know about hunting. And after, and I'm not sure about it, but after we talk a little bit and I explain what carrying capacity is and I explain that, that nature, if we don't involve ourselves in wild game population management and control, that it's just, it, nature just says, okay, oops, overpopulated, no problem. We'll just lay in a big hard freeze and take that herd back or we'll lay in some disease or maybe we'll just cut back the food supply because what happens when I still haven't talked about bait size, have I? I didn't even I just totally got off the track. Let me see if let me see if David can help me out. What's up, David? Hey, hey oh, I was gonna wish my mama happy Mother's That's Day. Fine. We're gonna I bought her favorite thing is fried shrimp. Boy, oh nice. You. Lucky you, huh? <laughs> well, hey, I tell you we I, I gotta thank my mom because I got three brothers and there's four of us growing up and man, she taught us how to well, my dad taught us how to, uh, you know, hunt and get everything and fish, but my mom taught us how to clean the fish, skin a squirrel, skin a rabbit. Really? Clean the... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Duck, That's a yeah, cool mom there, duck, buddy. You know, and, or a chicken, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Sure. And, uh, oh, but then the greatest thing she ever did for us was feed us. But then, there, you know, another good thing, she could play uh, accordion, piano, guitar, 
and fiddle. Golly. And, yeah, and she taught and harmonica. And she, yes, sir. And she taught us each one how to do something. And the next thing you know, we were in the country western band. So she had to <laughs> clean our football clothes and our band clothes. Holy <laughs> cow! That's a that's one tough mom Four, right there. Hey, I, oh, and hole in the garden. Oh my gosh! I mean, she'd get us out there. We'd be up there in New Waverly. In the garden, and man, you had, you pick purple hull peas, and then you had to go peel them, oh, or a whole two acres of corn, and go out there and get them for the cows and stuff oh back in the day. Holy you know? mackerel! How in the world did your mom and dad feed four boys? Well, my dad was a machinist, okay. and he was he was a tool and die maker, and uh, he was really good at it. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff you probably see today. Like when Compact Computer come out, I think he did the you know the keypads on there. He yeah. put the uh, he put the the definition on there so your fingers would touch you know would hook onto the keys. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. So, but hey, we went we went to St. Pius Tenth High School. We all graduated. The next thing you know, we were playing in country western band. <laughs> Yeehaw, man! How long did that last? 41 and a half years, Golly. and we've only been off for a year because instead of the country Kim band, we're the cripple Kim band. So I got, we got metal here and metal there, and you know, but oh, hey, sure. yeah, hey, hey and I tell you what, Thanks, uh, on both sides of the family, you know, my dad's side of the family had, you know, Robbie Springfield, he was a steel guitar player. Yeah. Oh, good. So we were very blessed growing yeah, up, were, and my man. mom, we're going to take her out. And I'll even go play guitar for a little while later. That a boy. You take care of that mama of yours, David. Thanks, man. Every day I see her at least three or four or five times because I live right down the street. And me and my older brother and my two other brothers, they live out of town, but they help out as much as they can. But, oh, man, you know, she's a, oh, man, a blessing. Let me tell you, I wouldn't be where I am. Oh, the determination. Yeah. If it ain't right, you know, she would. I would be in there fixing something in the house, and it don't look just right, painted or something like that. She'd get on to me, and so that gave me the skills to be persistent and yeah. uh, get detailed. it right. Yeah, get it right, no matter how many times it takes. David, thanks yes, a ton, sir. man. That's a great mom you got there, buddy. Yes, sir. We love her to death, and I'm gonna go hug her here in a little while. You do it. <laughs> All right, man. Thank All right, you. Doug. Thanks, yeah, buddy. Talk about a good mom, huh? I don't. I don't know how people feed four boys. I'm having a hard enough time with one I've got, and he's only 10. I watched some baseball. I'll tell you when I get back. Fishing Tackle Unlimited in Shimano still the best fishing partners you can have. Now, they are closed on Mother's Day, so you can either shop online and print out the receipt and put it in an envelope for Mom, or you can wait until tomorrow and maybe take her over there and get her something cool, get her some sunglasses, maybe get her some clothing. Maybe get her a new rod and reel. If your mom's a, a fisher person, a fisherman, actually the definition of fisherman in the dictionary, fisherman says a man or woman who fishes, a person who fishes, doesn't matter. So if that's what she is, go get her a rod and reel. Angie and Heather, we had them on the boat Friday, Andrew and I did. They love to fish. I bet they'd like new rods and reels for Christmas or for Mother's Day as well. All of Shimano's latest gear is in Fishing Tackle Unlimited, plus everything else from every other manufacturer who makes anything worth throwing at fish that swim around here. I-10 between Beltway 8 and Gessner, 59 south at Sugar Creek Boulevard, and 45 south at Fuquay, the original, the first of the three largest fishing tackle stores on the planet. They're all right here in Houston. 
The three biggest tackle stores on the planet are in Houston. That's pretty amazing. Fishing Tackle Unlimited Shimano, still the best fishing partners you can have. We'll break and be back 832. This is Sports Talk 790. On the go with iHeartRadio. Friends, you've got to try it. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Okay, I had the band on the first song, but not the song title. Now I've got the song, but not the band name. Uh, that's a pretty unique sound. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them right in front of me. And I can, I'll come up with it in a minute. I'll do it later. I can't. I just can't be bothered with this right now. I know you're trying to stump me. No, this, this one's easy. Okay, well, I well I have to. Okay, Billy, John, and Dennis, get after it. Pay attention for me and help me out here. Uh, Billy weighed in. He did point out that about a year, year and a half ago or so, uh, this guy, one guy did call, and as Billy points out, he says, I think he just didn't understand how hunting was good for animal control and how disease and famine would be a slow and painful death. That's exactly how nature takes care of overpopulation and if you don't manage a population relative to its its habitat and the carrying capacity of that habitat which means how many animals it can feed then you're looking at overpopulation as soon as overpopulation hits nature finds a way to take that back and those are those are its two tools disease and starvation and neither is very pretty and neither does the resource any good we are. We can't just step back and not mess with nature. By the way, once again, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. And if you are not, uh, if you haven't yet talked to your mom on Mother's Day, and you can, by all means, do so. I lost my mom a few years ago and sure wish I had that opportunity this morning. I sure wish I could. I sure wish I could. So don't wait you don't know how many more Mother's Days you have to celebrate with your mom. So do that. Do that. So so back to where I was. No, let's go to the bait size thing because I promised that and I just totally jumped away from it. And I'm bad about that. So if you intend to catch fish, use as small a bait as you like and expect to catch mostly small fish. Downsize your hooks. Downsize your bait. And enjoy the relative abundance of little fish when compared to big fish. If you have your sight set on catching a slightly, um, and I'm going to put an asterisk by this, and I'm going to make note of one word, and I'll come back to it in a minute. If you have your sight set on catching bigger fish, up, upgrade the size of the bait you're throwing. If you have your sight set on catching a trophy class fish, of the species you're targeting, then throw something big so that the little fish aren't attracted to eating it. Because every minute that you spend fighting and unhooking a smaller fish is a minute that you don't have a chance to catch a really big fish. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. And it should. If you're bass fishing and you want to catch a really big bass, Throw a foot-long worm. They're, they're out there. There's plenty of models of 
foot-long worms. There was one company that made one that was actually 14 or 16 inches long. It looked like a piece of rope. This big, massive thing. But a big bass would not have any trouble eyeballing that and going, yummy, lunch, let's go. A 10 or 12-inch bass would look at that and go, maybe not so fast here. Pump the brakes a little bit. In salt water, if you're if you're eyeballing a really big speckled trout, you can well you can you can't throw a lure on on traditional trout gear. You can't throw a lure big enough to scare a thirty inch trout. the The fish that Cliff Webb and I caught back on that epic trick trip way back in the nineties, when we had I don't know more than two dozen fish over eight pounds, had five over thirty that afternoon. The biggest one, the last fish I let go when we finally just said, okay, that's it, we got to go back in, was 32 and a quarter. These were all monster fish. And they were eating mullet and little trout based on, not based on our guesses, but based on stomach content survey checks by a biologist of the fish. Cliff, Cliff was letting his clients keep one fish a day out of this school. And they were eating speckled trout and mullet from 12 to 14 inches long. So don't be, yeah, look at, you know, Chris Little's eyes opened up. Oh, yeah. Well, because I'm used to fishing stuff that, you know, doesn't eat generally anything that's longer than, what, six inches? Yeah. But so, now, so here's the deal. A 30-inch trout might eat a four-inch shrimp. It might, if it's if it's convenient. And, and there there's the bait right there. It's right off the tip of my nose. <laughs> Slurp it down. Okay, fine. And see, that's that's what I was taught. You know, go if you go for a smaller lure or bait, you know, a fish is always going to have room for that. And if you're not going for a specific type of fish or a, a target length, you just want to catch fish. Then sure, toss it out there. When, when they're eating, they will continue to eat. If you if you haven't seen them yet, Chris, at some point in your fishing career, you're going to see these little slicks start popping up, and you get this. It's a unique smell. It smells. Um, some say it smells like watermelon. Some say it smells like freshly cut grass. But you'll smell it. Yeah. And what that is is there are fish, usually trout, sometimes reds and sometimes gaff top and sand trout and other stuff. But you're you're primarily targeting speckled trout and redfish with when you're looking for these slicks. And it's regurgitation. When they're on a feed, they eat and eat and eat and eat. And if they fill up, they'll get rid of it and eat again. They'll just it's just a frenzy of feeding going on down there. Whatever they can find, they eat. And if they get full, spit a little bit of it up. Or maybe that's one that they they bit up and chewed and it got loose. But for one reason or another, up that stuff comes and it makes that smell. If they're eating little bitty things, that's fine. Now, here's... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here's the asterisk in bait size. Uh, yes. If, so if, if a fish has already eaten a 14-inch speckled trout, a 30-inch trout has already eaten a 14-inch speckled trout and still eats my lure, it's still feeding. It's not like it's not like you're talking about where there's always room for another little piece. Once it's eaten something a foot long, you would think that would be enough. 
but they they were still they were still eating. Now the asterisk there is if those fish are feeding specifically on say uh, rain minnows or something like that, or finger mullet, little shorty fish early in the season, maybe the uh, the bass are eating shad that are very small, maybe inch and a half, two inches long, because that's how big they are. They just hatched very recently and they just haven't gotten big. If you throw a super big lure in there, they're not going to really recognize it because that's not what they're targeting. They're they're targeting smaller baits, so you kind of have to match the hatch, as it were. Like freshwater trout fishermen up in the in the Rockies, there's all kinds of flies you can use for trout. But if they're targeting a certain nymph, or they're targeting grasshoppers, or they're targeting anything else very specifically, then you have to kind of throw exactly what they're wanting to eat. That's why those guys carry they carry little like little screens with them and we'll put the screens down in the water and and kind of rake them through and let the water pass across them and pick them up and look at what little insects are in that screen that are being carried down the river because that's what those trout are going to be feeding on. And then they get in their little fly box and and pick out a fly that that you and I can barely see with the naked eye. What, what were you saying? Like a like a number thirty something hook? Thirty and thirty two. Yeah, look them up online. You could probably put flies tied on a thirty two hook. You could probably put twenty or twenty five of them on top of a dime. And you have to have magnification even to pick them up and thread them. Put put the line through them. And the line you can put through the eye of a size thirty hook is you're not putting on any. 20-pound fluorocarbon, buddy. It's it's going to be down to two, maybe two-pound test will go through there, and that's about it. And that's how you have to fish in those super clear rivers uh, to catch those big old tasty rainbow trout that taste way better, by the way, than the farm-raised fish. I'm not knocking what the Parks and Wildlife Department does. My son and I have fun catching those things every winter, but they don't taste the same. They just don't taste the same. But they're going to taste a little bit like what they eat. Kind of like a spoonbill duck tastes uh, when you when it's been down on the coast for a couple of weeks and they've been eating snails, not so good. When they've been up on the prairie, the, the wind's out of the south and it pushes them back up here on the prairie and they stay up here for a couple of weeks in the wintertime, they taste not horrible. And, and that's a, about as high a grade as I'll give a spoonbill is that it will taste not horrible. Never going to taste as good as a big old corn-fed mallard. That would be nice. Or a rice field fed pintail. Those pintails get in that rice for a while and they taste pretty good too. We gotta take a little break here. Good heavens, look at the time. Yeah, I mentioned another golf course earlier as being a great place to go if you're out, out on the west side, northwest side. If you're moving straight up north, up around spring, the good news is that Cypress Wood is back open. Cypress Wood has reopened not just one course, but both courses now, the traditions and the Cypress course. How about that? Jonathan Robertson called yesterday and emailed me yesterday to let me know that now both tracks are wide open, ready to go. That's boy, that's a that's a lot of good golf I'm talking about on this show, and it's there for you. If you're on that side of town, if you're up there on that north side, northeast side, swing by Cypresswood, grab up, grab your clubs, go by there, tee it up today. Mom lives out of town, give her a call, tell her you love her, and then go make a tee time. It happens. This is one of the busiest golf days in the country. And not with moms playing. This is this is make a phone call and go play day. Cypress Wood's a good place to go do that. Good people. They're in temporary pro shop and 
and eatery facilities right now until they get everything rebuilt from the flood damage. But the golf courses are open and in great shape. Hadn't been many balls hit on them in six, eight months. In spring, just a little ways north of FM 1960, cypresswood.com. That's the website, cypresswood.com. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is Sports Talk 790. Online at sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. Eight fifty one on Sports Talk seven ninety. I brought in my helpers to remind everybody. You got them heated up. They ready to go? Hit it, boys! Happy, Happy Mother's Day. Day! Thank you. Appreciate that. In case you forgot, it's Mother's Day. Do what you're supposed to do today. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I need help with this theme song thing today. I need help. I'm not sure. I know the first band, and that's about all I have. So if you remember those three bump songs, let me know. Hey, Mike, what's up, buddy? Hey, I just had a couple of quick stories uh, sure. for you Come about uh, what you were talking about. The When it's time to eat, it's time to eat. Yes, fish. sir. Uh, buddy and I were fishing in West Bay one day, wake fishing, and we were catching fish. He caught a redfish in the slot, and it had a, a fishing line, monofilament hanging out of its mouth. Okay. And you can pick it up and see the big old giant rubber soft plastic, and it's stuck in its gullet. Wow. Way down. And so, and he caught this fish on a five, five or so inch topwater, so we just cut that monofilament off and before we released it yeah one other one other one other real quick in the surf one year with one of my buddies fishing and we were we were slamming the like 16 17 inch trout one right after the other how fun on, is that in the on, surf on, man on top water oh this was years ago and uh i caught one it was a little bit bigger about 19 probably so he come walking by me and I wanted to show it to him. And when I reached and grabbed it, was on my stringer. And when I reached and grabbed it, it threw up 18 shrimp. Golly. 18 shrimp. Wow, man. And they were still, they were so fresh in his stomach that they were still recognizable. Just kind of clear. And, and yeah, holy cow. And, but it still ate my top water bait. So hungry's hungry, man. No, when, when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. I don't think with fish it has anything to do with hunger. You know, and that's a, a good point, Mike. I know you understand this, but I'm going to say this for the audience. A lot of times, if, if you're in a place where you're, you're really confident the fish are there, you don't mm-hmm. want to just bail out and leave and go someplace else too quickly mm-hmm. because it may just be that five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, a little bit later, those yep. fish are going to turn on, and, buddy, when they do, you won't be able to get a lure back. Right. You got tide, stick tide or barometer. Yeah, or, something's going to change. I wished I knew, you know. But <laughs> really? I mean, there's, there's a couple. Jack and I have talked about it a hundred times. It's not dinner time. Yeah, that's exactly and, right. You just have when to it's dinner wait a time. Minute. Yeah, when it's dinner time, you want to be there. Exactly. There, so. There's no better place to see that uh, up front and personal than, at least for me anyway, I have the most memories from drifting through San Luis Pass and seeing these big mullet schools. There's one day in particular I'll, I'll never forget. We're seeing these big mullet schools, and there are trout, like four- and five-pound trout, just sitting in the middle. There'll be a hole in the mullet, and there'll be a four- or five-pound trout sitting in the hole. 
yeah. the mullet aren't scared, and the trout's not moving, nothing's going on, and yeah. we weren't catching fish, and we're doggone, look at that, there's another big trout right there. Why can't they? Why won't they eat? And we didn't know. We didn't know. We're very young, just dumb and yeah. trying to learn. And then, boy, I mean, all of a sudden, there was this one little kind of a blow up out there, and. It was game on, and oh, the, yeah. the dinner bell rang, and those mullet didn't want anything to do with those trout, and those trout wanted everything to do with those mullet, and for about an hour and a half, you couldn't oh, yeah. get a lure back, man. Somebody flipped the switch. Yeah, yeah, the tide, I wished I had something that, happened. I, I wish I had, that's one lure I wished I had. I wish I, I that switch, switch in my box. Yeah, I want the switch. I, I don't care what lure. <laughs> I want to take the switch out and flip it. Yeah, right man, now. holy so, cow. But, Anyway, that's all I wanted to add. When it's time to all eat right, Mike. for fish, it's time to eat. So uh, yeah, good talk around. to you again, bro. Yeah, you too, Mikey. See you, buddy. Okay. All, all right. right. It's one of my old hunting buddies right there listening in this morning on Mother's Day. Don't forget what day it is, man. That would not be good. The switch. It would make if you could if you could control that switch, man, man oh man. It has to do with so many things. In freshwater, it might be just a difference in light level. A good example is a topwater bite on a lot of these East Texas lakes. Uh, Will Kirkpatrick and I have talked about this a thousand times. Early, early starts. Sometimes in in summertime, especially in spring and summer, he might get you on. He might tell you you got to be on the on the water at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. Why do we have to do that? We want to go throw topwaters. Why can't we just throw them a little later in the morning? Because as soon as that sunlight hits the water those fish are in, down they go. Bass have very sensitive eyes. They don't want any part of that. Very sensitive eyes. So they'll go down, and they won't come up and eat a topwater, typically, if that light is too bright. A little later in the year, when the sun's not so direct on the water, you might get away with that. You just might. In in salt water, typically it's going to be tide movement. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be movement that, that, that disturbs somehow the force, I guess, if you will. Now, down in Florida, where I fish a lot, there's uh, there typically four distinct tides in a day, and they're pretty strong changes. It's got ocean tides down there. It's not Gulf of Mexico way off of the ocean's tides. Uh, their tides are a little more reliable, and they move fishing spots based on tidal movement. They know when the tide is going to start out or in at specific spots around there, and they'll move with that tide. And the fish, you can you can. Ch- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I fish all day that way. Here, uh, you kind of can... And if you if you learn how to work the tide, you can you can have really good results, really good results. So don't be too sure that you need to be leaving a spot until you are really sure that you're going to someplace that's going to be better. If you're in an area where there's there's good water, and it doesn't have to be air clear, just 
just clean, fishable clean up here on this upper end of the coast is a lot different than down south or over in Florida. So if you're in decent water and you and there's bait there, you might want to stick around a little bit because at some point that dinner bell is going to ring and those fish are going to come up off the bottom and they're going to eat. They're going to they're going to blow through that school of mullet in the pass rather than just idle along with it. So much we can do. So much we can learn about fishing. I would bet I would bet a dime to a, a Shipley donut that that Paul Marcasio talked about that when he was doing his seminar down at at Fishing Tackle Unlimited in Sugarland. A very intimate audience that was. They were treated, I guarantee you, to several hours of information too. We do need to rejoin here at the top of the hour. When we get back, I'll take a couple of phone calls and uh, we'll shift gears a little bit and talk some golf, if you like. A reminder that it is donut. Well, it's always donut time, honestly. Isn't it really? It was this morning on the way to work. I took the boys through Shipley's drive through gathered up a nice box of fresh plain glazed donuts. That's just the, that's the top of the heap right there as far as I'm concerned. Put them in the microwave for a few seconds, by the way. If you have to drive more than a couple of minutes with that box of hot, fresh donuts, just pop them in the microwave for a couple of seconds. Tasty stuff right there. 82 years they've been doing this and really haven't changed the recipe. All this is across the South, Tennessee, Arkansas, now in Colorado. There are going to be 50 stores there in a couple of years. Stop by Shipley's anytime. It's on the way to everywhere. Get yourself a cup of that delicious, fresh coffee and a couple of boxes. Go ahead and make some friends on Mother's Day of your favorite donuts from Shipley. We'll rejoin the network. Be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And Cypress Wood Golf Club. Experience the difference. Now, here's Doug Pike. Nine oh one on Sports Talk 790. We do have the Players Championship going on. It's going to be kind of a, um, well, kind of a, a a yawner, I think, for Webb Simpson. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. i got to get to these phone calls. I promised I would. Hey, Carl, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Doug? I'm great, man. Oh, yeah, I'm on the way to see Mom. I want to tell you a little story about, basically, she never really turned, she was an anti-hunter at first, so I kind of turned her into a, into a pro-hunter in a way. Oh, well, wow. About 15, 20 years ago, She's always against me hunting with my dad and my grandfather when they were divorced. And about 15, 20 years ago, there's an article about some small Colorado town that banned hunting. And then they, and the, and the town got overpopulated with deer. It's causing accidents. They're jumping in yards, kicking down the, you know, fences and all kind of things. Right. And how, and how the, uh, they allowed hunting finally to, to clean up the conservation. And it worked well. And I, I, I basically just showed it to her about how, you know, if we'd had no hunting, the deer would basically get too much and they'd end up starving to death. And conservation actually helps, uh, hunting conservation actually helps the deer population. That's how it and works. It, That's exactly right. Yeah, and it actually turned her into it, and then it, when, well, it didn't actually turn her into a pro hunter, but what turned her into a pro hunter a few years later, I had some venison sausage out there for Thanksgiving, she didn't know what it was, she tried it, and she loved it, and I told her what it was, and she was t- tickled to death, and now she was, uh, and she asked every year if I, if, if I got a deer, if I'm going to bring her some meat, so that's a little, a little pro mom hunting story, turned her, was an anti-hunter, and now she's a pro hunter, so it's kind of good. Wow, man, that's a great story. Good for yeah. mom, good for oh, yeah. mom, man. She's gotta, still gotta doing love it, well. Love it. Is she still doing well? Hello? Where'd he go? Oh, I think he thought he... I don't know what happened to him. Was he getting pulled over? 
<laughs> I, I think he was on his way to see his mother. So. Well, I got that. I got that. That's great. Maybe he showed up. All right. Yeah. More you know, he pressing matters. Whipped right into the driveway. I don't know. Some for whatever reason that. Okay, that's fine. Let's go talk to John then. What's up, John? Hey, I was just uh, you know you were talking about slicks and trout and whatnot yeah. regurgitating when they're when they're feeding hard. I've always kind of come to the conclusion that you know nature's pretty efficient. They're not going to regurgitate good food that they've eaten. I'm thinking they're regurgitating like if they're eating shrimp, heads and tails and shells that they don't really digest well, or you know whatever some part of the fish. So what they're keeping is they're keeping the good, the good part, stuff. Getting yep. rid of some, of, you know, kind of like a cat and hairball. So to speak. yeah, but how are they gonna how are they gonna separate those in a stomach? Because they have no. It's not like they can chew their food. They swallow everything whole. They, right. They digest that whole shrimp. I don't think they can separate the two. No. Well, it's some of it because if you ever if you ever cut open a stomach and you see a fish in there, it's you know there's sometimes it's part of the fish. Yeah, but, you know it all depends what they did to it. But it just you know I, I'm not arguing with. I'm just it doesn't no, make sense that nature would. You know, nature's efficient. They they figure out how to you know ultimately the one that does the best, and they it doesn't seem like they would be regurgitating good consumed food in order to expend energy to chase some more. You know, I think you know if, what I mean? if anything, what I, I'm guessing it might be, John, is is the ones that got nicked but not swallowed. You know, uh, say a, a, a shrimp or a little menhaden or something like that that got chomped and and just killed and it just floated to the bottom and the oils pop off of that. I'm not sure, but the, the biologists well, ever, tell me it's regurgitation. So It is. Haven't you ever had them? You catch them. They're they're feeding hard. You catch one. You string it. All of a sudden, you look behind you. He's puked up a big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not coming off the body. It's coming out of them. I've had to do it right when I'm stringing them. You know. That's what I'm guessing. I'm yeah. You know, I'll have to. I'll do some checking around. I'll do some checking around. You know, I'm, I'm again. I don't know, but it just doesn't make sense that nature would be inefficient in that form. Yeah, and and something that comes to mind for me when we talk about that is that. Geese, I watched, you know, I'm waterfowl guy for 14 years and hunted them and still do for a lot longer than that. And we watched every winter in a, in a mild winter, they, the geese love to get in a rice field because that's, that's like cotton candy or Cheetos to them. They like to eat that, but it doesn't have near as much caloric value, near as much energy in it as a kernel of corn. And the colder the winter, the more those geese would go to those cornfields and the soybean fields because sure. every time they bend down to pick something up, it costs them a little bit of energy. If right. they're picking up a grain of rice, they're not getting a whole lot back in return. If they're picking up a kernel of corn or a soybean, they probably get a 10 to 1 return on energy, and that's where they would go when it was cold. I do agree with you that they're highly efficient, and they've evolved to make the most of the opportunities they have. I'll, yeah. have to, I'll, I'll check with a couple of biologists I know, and we'll see if we can get an answer on that. That's that's a very good theory. It really is, and it makes sense. I'll take a look at it. All right, man. Yeah, take thank care. you. Happy Mother's Day. Well, I guess he's not a mom, huh? That was kind of silly. I mean, he, ha- he has a mother. Don't we all? We all either do or did. That is the common thread that runs throughout humanity. We either got one or we had one. I had a good one. Boy, did she put up with me. Holy cow. By the way, a reminder and on a very sad note, okay, yesterday, two days, or the day before Mother's Day, yesterday, uh, a guy up on Lake Conroe, three guys fishing in a small boat, a larger boat goes by them, 
and capsizes their boat, all three in life jackets, all three trying to make it to shore, one fella, one fella became distressed, uh, according to this story from uh, ABC 13 Eyewitness News. One of those fellas became distressed and could not make it to shore. He became a, he went unconscious, and there were people there who tried to save him, and they just couldn't. So we lost a good guy, a good guy, a coach, a uh, dad to a big family, a coach, a dad to a good family, and he didn't make it. He didn't make it. So two lessons there. No, really just one. If you're running a big boat and you're passing a small boat, either either go by at on full plane, which would be the rudest thing you could do and, and to flatten your wake, or shut it down to an idle. Shut it down to an idle. Mm-mm-mm. Actually the boating accident. Um I can't it was either yesterday or the day before. Now there the story was from yesterday, so it must have been a couple of days ago. You can't go you can't be pushing that big wake when there's little boats around. Oh, you've already experienced that, haven't you, Chris Little? Many times. These guys go by in a bigger boat. They got it about half speed, got that got that bow up in the air, got that tail end planted down like they're trying to trying to take somebody wakeboarding. Well, it's because they don't know how to get on plane. Well, that or they just they're just so important and so so busy that they don't have time to stop and go by you at idle speed because that would interrupt their day. Well, it, it was different when I was in a boat because then they would slow down and, and they'd give me a wide berth. But now that I'm in a kayak, I, I don't get any of that. They'll blow past me, sometimes oddly close, uh, a little too close for comfort, yeah. and I get all of that wick. Are kayakers the Rodney Danger fields of boating, do you think? No respect. I I don't know about that. I I think you have to remember as a boat operator, you have to remember that you do as as the guy in the bigger boat, and you kind of got the the right of way, but you have to uh, that you have to temper that with some common sense and some compassion for the guy in the smaller boat. You got three guys in a little boat, three guys in a little boat. You can't go plowing by them. That's just not right, it, and it costs this guy his life. Cost this guy his life. Now, what do you do if you're the guy who ran by there? I don't know whether they, I don't know if anybody knows who did that, or whether the guy stopped. I didn't see that in the story. I would hope that if you went by a little boat and capsized it, you would turn around. But from reading the story, the the part of the story I read says that. This guy tried to make it to shore, didn't make it. He he fell unconscious, and people from the shore went out and tried to help him. Where's the guy who was driving the boat that capsized that boat? Why is he not spun around and picking people up out of the water and saying, I'm sorry? Because he, he's long gone. Well, I hope his conscience gets him and he, he shows up somewhere to say, hey, I owe these people an apology. It's, it's called doing the right thing. That would be the right thing to do. <sighs> That's so sad. So sad. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. 
Is it time? Well, no, it's too soon. Too soon for a fun fact to know and tell, I think. Too soon. Um, no, I won't do that one either. This is an interesting story. It's the time of year, by the way, uh, in addition to being Mother's Day. It's the time of year for pr- proms over yet or not? Do you uh, know? Proms, uh, are they done? It's, it's I mean, I would think so. School's yeah. almost over. That's a good point. I, I only, first of all, first of all, what? yeah, homecomings. Four 13-year-olds went on a homecoming date, it says here. Why are 13-year-olds going out on dates? Beyond that, me. That bothers me a little bit. Now I'm not a I'm not a dad of a 13 year old yet. I got three more years for that. But nonetheless, that that gets my attention. So there's four of them at a table, and they left their waiter, bless their hearts, a three dollar and twenty eight cent tip. Went home, told mom and dad, and showed back up a week later with a two page apology note, which was nice, and an, a more appropriate tip. I mean that's that's fair, but it it does depend on what they ordered because if they just got you know some some drinks, no drinks they're thirteen. Back it up. Think about what are you, when I say drinks, lemonade. I mean like unsweet iced tea. They went for dinner. I don't they know about that. Four thirteen year olds out for dinner. So and and you you don't you don't take your homecoming date to Taco Bell. Okay, so they're they're going to be at a place where and the place had a waiter uh, had servers. It had servers. Waiter, antiquated term now. I know that. Don't anybody get on me. So they have a server, and this server brings four 13-year-olds. You're already looking at the table going, oh, this isn't going to work out well. I know this. I'll have the I'll have the grilled cheese, sir. Whatever. Maybe they're all no, they cannot order off the kids' menu anymore. So they they place their order, they they pay, and they leave a, a crummy tip. They didn't know any better. They didn't know any better at all. That's just what they had, I guess. Well, that's that's a life lesson. Don't go to, out unless you can afford the tip. Well, they didn't know. So they didn't know what to tip. So to their credit, they went home and to mom and dad's credit said, hey, I hope you guys had a good time. I hope you took care of your server. Oh, yeah, we left him a $3.28 tip on probably, hey, maybe 15 bucks a piece to get them out of a decent dinner. That probably sounds about right. 60 bucks. Suddenly <laughs> $3.28. They went back and, and rounded it up to about 20%, which is far more like it. And if I'm serving three, four, 13, 14-year-olds, I know he made extra trips. I know he – unless – I know they sound like good kids. I bet they didn't run the poor guy ragged. So lesson to be learned. Make sure – if your kids are going out to dinner, please make sure they know what to tip. And no, you don't have to tip the guy at the bait stand for putting shrimp in your bucket. You do not have to do that. That's I mean, unless necessary. he gets you the real good shrimp. That may be, well, yeah, that may be the only play, and don't think that hadn't been done before either. Hey, here's a, here's a little extra, here's an extra five. Make sure I get some good ones. Um, the thing that bothers me, the the guy who puts shrimp in the bucket may be the only per, service person I can think of right now that doesn't have a tip jar in front of them. I've been to a few restaurants where they don't accept tips. The meals are a little bit more expensive, but yeah. that's because the tip's basically included in yes, there. Exactly, yeah. But no, you don't. You don't. There's some things that if someone's just preparing an ice cream cone for you, that's their job. I don't think that if I'm walking up there asking for something and then I pay for it 
and watch you make it right in front of me. That'd be like going into the kitchen of a restaurant and tipping the, the cooks. You don't do that. If somebody is serving me and bringing food to my table, I'm cool with that. Now, are you going to leave a tip for the cashier at Luby's? No. No, but that that's the other place. So the bait stand and the cashier at Luby's are the only two places where there's not a tip jar anymore. And the post office. But I've, now that I've mentioned it, I bet there there might be one there. If you like hitting golf balls, but you're not a big fan of this 90, 92 degree stuff we're already getting in the afternoons, wait till the sun goes down. Wait till it cools off a little bit. Go to Marty Golf Center, Dare Ashford at Beechnut. The guy who runs the place, Chad Marty, is a third generation golf pro who knows what he's doing. His dad started this business in 1989, and he is carrying the banner proudly, Chad Marty is. 180 yards of lighted tee area. Always great turf, as you can imagine, with that much room to spread everybody out. Top quality golf balls, top quality putting area, top quality short game area, and a top quality teacher if you need lessons. That's what Chad Marty is. Great club fitter as well. And that's something that everybody should do for themselves. If you're you're really serious about buying new clubs, make sure you buy clubs that fit you. And the only way to know is by having a fitting done by a proper... You wouldn't go buy a suit and not have it fit to you, would you? Your club should fit the same way your suit does, matched to you. Derry Ashford at Beechnut, convenient to anybody on the west side. Check him out anytime at MartyGolfCenter.com. That's MartyGolfCenter.com. We'll take a little break here. Be right back. 917. We'll shift to golf when we get there. Your Rockets and Astros live here. We are Sports Talk 790. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Well, I've told you once and I've told you twice. 9.23 on Sports Talk 7.9, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Going through some emails, going through some text messages, trying to get caught up. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Kent Duncan asks a question and says, if you accept a, a captain's price for a trip, and I'm presuming we're talking about an offshore trip, which he points out is, and I quote, not cheap by any means. No, it's not. And there's no deckhand on the boat as a tip expected. Uh, in in many cases, an if it's an offshore trip and you've got nobody out there to help at all, I don't know. There, there's a gray area there. You, you okay. said it was a captain's what? The captain's price for a trip. The captain, the, the, the charter fee. Is that enough? Do you have to tip the guy? Yeah, you, I sent a text message back or an email back to him. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, if the guy is working his tail off out there, then it's very little different than, say, an inshore trip where all you've got is the guy who owns the boat. And, and you would certainly tip him. But if there's no deckhand on that offshore trip and the guy just sits there behind the wheel and is it does nothing more than drive the boat all day, Probably not. So it, it, it would depend on the experience. It would depend on the experience almost 100%. If the guy's helpful and he's back there 
you know, baiting hooks and gaffing fish and, and doing the things that the mate may have done, which is what you've got to have done on an offshore trip. Somebody's got to do all that stuff. Then maybe so. A bay trip. Oh, yeah, a bay trip. Yes. I just got a, an email back. Yeah, on a bay trip, uh, those guys are looking for a little extra. They are. It's not. It's certainly not, as you point out, Kent, inexpensive to do this. It's not inexpensive to go on one of those trips. But yes, a gratuity is nice. And for the same reasons that you would you would tip your server at a very nice restaurant. You pay a premium for the meal, but you're also paying for the service. Now, I will say, and I had this discussion with, with um, a couple of guys just the other day. Everywhere else that I, I've fished on guided trips in, gosh, I don't know, 30-something states. I've fished in at least a dozen countries and gone on guided trips on, on almost every one of these times I've left town with fishing rods in my hands. So the one big difference between fishing here and fishing everywhere else that is that almost everywhere else, I've had a hard time getting the the captain, getting my guide, to even pick up a rod and fish. They're pulling the boat. They're baiting hooks. They're uh, saying cast over there. They're 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 guiding, but they're not fishing. This area is unique in that its guides typically fish right alongside you, and as as eagerly and and happily as you do it's not it's not wrong i don't think i'm i'm certainly happy i love it when a guide fishes if he's telling me there's fish here then show me let's let's go let's let's see you catch some fish i don't want to throw them all in the box but chunk a lure man if there if we're if there's room grab a rod and throw it let's see what's here and if i'm not catching fish and he or she is then I'm going to... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Turn around if I'm a smart guy and I'm paying money for this guy. I want to know how he's doing it, how she's doing it. What am I doing differently than you that's keeping me from catching these fish? Am I using the wrong lure? Am I retrieving it wrongly? Help me, guide me to make me a better fisherman. And I've learned a lot doing that. I don't mind the guides fishing. I'm just saying it's unique to this area, unique to this region. That the guy jumps on the boat and gets to a... Now, the one thing I don't really like, and I experienced this a little bit when I was writing for the paper here. Go on a guide trip, and and sometimes it depends on who the guide is and who the customers are. Um, I experienced it a couple of times myself, and I also heard it from a lot of people, that the guy would say, okay, you guys hop out of the boat here, and I want you to wade north up this shoreline. Okay, and getting about waist deep water, wade north, you're going to come into a, a the fish in probably about 100, 150 yards, maybe 200 yards, whatever. And then you, so you jump out of the boat and you start wading north, and you look back, and the guide is waded off south. That's a little bit disturbing. 
That's not really, I wouldn't think that that's a guided fishing trip. You're not getting what you paid for. You're paying for the knowledge and experience of this guide. And if he's going off in a different direction, well, why, why am yeah. not, I not going the same way? Yeah, at that point, all I've had is a, is a, a taxi ride. I've had a, a boat ride to a spot, and he's told me to go fish north. And when he goes south, that makes no sense. I want him to walk me into the fish. I want him to show me right where they are, tell me what to throw, and, well, now, I'm hard-headed, okay? I'm going to throw what I want to throw until somebody else outfishes me two or three times. I'm going to throw exactly what I want to throw. Nah, I'll take all the advice I can get. <laughs> Scott Null just sent me an email. Oh, his wife, Camille. His wife, Camille, loves to fish. And it being Mother's Day today... Yesterday, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Camille sends to Scott a picture of a fishing reel. A picture of a fishing reel. No explanation given. Just sends him a picture of a fishing reel that she happens to own, by the way, but her her current one is is has got some wear on it. It's got some miles on it. The tires are a little bald. And so for Mother's Day... I'm guessing, Scott's a pretty bright guy, I'm kind of guessing that she wants a new one of those reels. And this, by the way, is not an inexpensive reel either. Scott's going to have to, he's going to have to push that hand way down in that pocket to go get this reel. Mm -mm -mm. That's one way to get what you want, huh? That's one way. I mean, I've seen some of the price tags on the uh, higher, I, I guess, higher class reels, and they can get... I think I saw one. It was like three hundred and fifty dollars, and it was an inshore reel. It it was insane to me. But you you can pay for for a, a standard issue trout and redfish spinning reel. You can pay anywhere from twenty five bucks to a thousand dollars to do the same job, but just not do it as well. Oh, I've seen guys catch fish on the little Spider Man and and uh, you know Princess fishing rods well anything will work but it's it's how fancy and how much response do you want from it i want a lot of response i want to i want a reel and this is where the the good stuff comes in with the the higher end reels they are not quite bulletproof but they are far more um far more able to take some beating than the other reels so if you're going to abuse a reel, if you, well, not even abuse it, but if you're going to fish it hard, then you want to invest some money in something that's going to last. Because the coastal environment is brutal on equipment, as you well know. It's absolutely brutal. All right, we've got to take a little break here. Take a little break here. When we get back, I will upgrade you, or upgrade you, I will update you, update you on the PGA or the Players' Championship, uh, where John says the announcers already already are giddy over Tiger Woods just just being there. They're just having their Tiger Fest. Never mind that Webb Simpson's leading by like a small bucket. Never mind that he is blowing that place up. Never mind that the guys chasing him can't find a way to catch him. Tiger Woods is in the field. And, oh, boy, he had a good round yesterday. I'll give him that. He shot, I think, 65. I haven't even looked. I was watching it. But he finished pretty early in the day, and he's going to finish pretty early in the day also today. But, man, is he going to get his TV time while he's on that golf course. You watch and see. 
On the Way Out award for my friends at Guns Unlimited USA, the newest gun store in Katy and probably going to be dubbed the best before too long because it's got what you want out there. They've got a great selection of modern rifles, of handguns. They've got a tremendous parts department. I am told that if you if you know about guns, if you were, for example, your own gunsmith, you could go in there and buy the parts to assemble a gun from butt to barrel out of their inventory of parts. If you are a target shooter, if you're a self-defense shooter, if you're a competitive shooter, Guns Unlimited USA is going to have what you want. It's going to have people who can explain why certain pieces, certain parts all go together. Great people out there. They know what they're doing from the owner to all the guys who work there. 829 South Mason Road between Kingsland and Cimarron. 832-321-3929-321-3929. 829 South Mason Road between Kingsland and Cimarron. Or check them out online anytime at GunsUnlimitedUSA.com. That's GunsUnlimitedUSA.com. We are Sports Talk 790. Are you ready? Listen online at Sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. Great song, even if it doesn't help me figure out the theme. Like half of these songs, they're, they're categorized as oldies. Not rock, but oldies. Okay. Old. Hmm. Well, I mean, I could have thrown some new music in here, too, but you wouldn't have known it. Still and personally, clueless. I don't think it's all that good. Still clueless. <sighs> Happy Mother's Day, moms. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Happy Mother's Day to you. Hopefully, there's some outdoors plans for you, whether it's maybe it's even just a walk in the park or something. Take advantage of this beautiful day before it gets too super crazy hot. An an update from the Players' Championship down at TPC Sawgrass in Florida. Webb Simpson defied the odds yesterday and did not take a step backwards at all. In fact, he added to his lead. He finished with a 68 to be, after three rounds, 19 under par. He quite easily could have gotten it between uh, little fumbles on Friday and yesterday. Quite easily could have been 20-something under par. But he's human like the rest of the field. And the rest of the field showing that it can make mistakes and not really making up any ground. In fact, losing ground yesterday. Danny Lee is the closest. He will go out with Webb Simpson. But if you just based it on what's been done so far... Barely worthy of carrying Webb's clubs. The leader at 19 under par. Danny Lee in second place right now as they start this afternoon at 12 under par. A smooth seven shots back. And I laugh because there's never been, and I'm not trying to jinx Webb Simpson. I don't think I could at this point. Everything he sees is going into the hole. Everything is dropping for him. There's never been a 36-hole leader who was ahead by three or more, or 54, I guess, ahead by three or more shots, never been a a fumble in this tournament. So, yeah, you can go ahead and start engraving the trophy there. Dustin Johnson, alone in third place, 
and he is 10 shots back, or 9 shots back, excuse me. He's at 10 under par. Not bad on a tough golf course. But Webb Simpson, just, boy, you talk about find the magic formula. That's killing it. He's 19 under par. And he's making stuff from everywhere. The closest to him, seven shots back. Next guy back, nine. The nine under pars, who are all playing for probably third place, include Jason Duffner, Jimmy Walker, Xander Schofley, Jason Day, and Charles Schwartzel. Down the leaderboard, the anointed one, the guy they can't stop talking about, even though he's tied for, what, tied for ninth place, and which is not a bad a top ten finish. That's great for most people. But Jordan Spieth both and Tiger, well, Tiger Woods, I'll, here, I'll get my mine over with. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. Now, I've talked about him five times. Now, I'm just like everybody else on TV. Only I'm just not going to spend 15 minutes talking about him. Yeah, he's having a pretty decent tournament. He's eight under par. Tied for ninth place. But even in his book, even during the comeback, that's certainly not what he wanted. And I don't think he honestly wants to be the only guy they're talking about until the leaders get on the board. Because in ninth place with him are two, four, six, eight, seven guys. I don't know, seven more guys. He's just one of the boys out there right now. He's a good one. He's a top ten guy, okay. That's great, but he's just another player on the PGA Tour, and he's one of the older players now on the PGA Tour. Nobody in this field is scared of him like they were back in the day. Phil Mickelson, probably the most overlooked guy in golf because he played, while he was winning 50-something tournaments on the PGA Tour, he played against Tiger Woods in Tiger's prime. When Tiger Woods was winning every other tournament he entered. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On average. His average finish over a course of years. He didn't play a lot of events, but I've said this before. His average finish was second place. He would finish first. Then he might get a fourth or a fifth. Then he'd win another one. And when you're stacking up ones... As finishing places, you can afford a, a third or fourth or fifth place finish. It's not going to hurt your average much. Not at all. So I'm not taking anything away from Tiger Woods as a golfer in his prime, but I'm saying enough of covering him, enough of covering him when there are a dozen guys in front of him. Let's just, in other news, Tiger Woods is tied for ninth place, but here are your leaders. Let's talk about the guys who are actually winning the tournaments. I, I don't know how to get that message across to the TV guys. Great news if you have outdoors plans. As I mentioned earlier, there's just not a whole lot of rain in this region. There's a tiny little shower coming on shore east of Lake Charles over in Louisiana. There are tiny little showers in the mountains of southeastern New Mexico. And there are teeny tiny little showers in the kind of the middle almost, just northwest of Oklahoma City. Not a rain cloud being registered 
in the entire, well, darn it, just as I say it, down there at Marfa, a little ways southeast of Marfa, there's a teeny tiny little rain cloud. The counties down over in West Texas, by the way, about the size of one or two New England states. So even if you're out that way, the chances of seeing rain, very, very slim. <laughs> Mike weighs in. Ponte Vedra Beach, TPC Sawgrass. Never seen so many sand traps. Never seen so many. Oh, there are plenty. Rest assured, there are plenty on that track. And some of them are downright nasty. One of them, at least one, that I saw yesterday, I am going to call, if I ever have reason to talk about them, eyeball traps. They're, they look from the from the blimp shot... They look to be about the size of an eyeball down there. It's just a little white spot in a sea of green, as though you dropped a marshmallow down onto the course. Maybe six feet wide, a six-foot diameter circle is all it is with a pretty hefty lip in front of it. If you go into one of those, you can barely swing a club. You can barely swing a club. But they're out there, and some enormous ones as well. If you want to watch how good these guys are with their bunker games, watch them today. Because the pin placements are going to end up drawing balls into sand all day long. And those guys are going to have to A-game their way out of there. Except for Webb Simpson. I honestly think that he could probably show, as well as he's striking the ball, tee to green, everything's working. He could probably show up with one eye closed and finish it out today and still win by two or three. It's, he is having uh, a true a true golf miracle moment when everything's working for him. And short of tripping over a shoelace, he's, he's not going to have any problems today. Got to take the last little break of the program. Belleville Meat Market is your, it's your everything headquarters, okay? If you're going out northwest of here or west of here, find your way either to Sealy or to Hempstead and go north or south, respectively, about 15 minutes. And you will end up in the town of Belleville, and that's where you'll find Belleville Meat Market. Inside Belleville Meat Market, you will find beef, chicken, and pork. You will find more than two dozen flavors of premium sausage. You will find award-winning pecan-smoked barbecue. You will find handmade tamales. You will find jalapeno peppers and mushroom caps stuffed with cheese and wrapped with bacon. You will find things that will make your mouth water. I promise you. If you can't get all the way out there, Get online. Check them out there. You can see everything they have in the store and get most of it shipped right to your door. Most of it right to your door. Or you can even send a gift box to somebody out of town. If mom lives out of town, get online, order one of those gift boxes, get it sent out tomorrow, and let her know it's coming. That'll give her some anticipatory excitement. And boy, is it exciting to get one of those boxes. We give them to clients around here, and they love them. Every year I say, hey, you're going to have to send us one to sample just to make sure we we still want to get these. And about 10 minutes after it arrives, almost everything in it is consumed. Great stuff, great people, Belleville Meat Market. Business of the year in Belleville this year, by the way. Business of the year, how about that? BellevilleMeatMarket.com, that's the website we're talking about here. BellevilleMeatMarket.com. We'll break. be back to wrap it up, the Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is Sports Talk 790. Facebook.com slash Sports Talk 790. Back to the Doug Pike Show. 
9.52 on Mother's Day, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Talking a little bit of golf from down there at Ponte Vedra. Dennis points out, as we mentioned, that Tiger's getting all the airtime and will until the, the leaders tee off and he's off the golf course. They'll probably have a shot of him walking out to his car later on. Until he wins a major at 45, he's just another aging golfer. Yes, I would kind of agree with that, actually. He's just one of the guys out there. That's all it is. So, we've got Ponte Vedra. If, you're, if your mom wants to watch a little golf today, you get to watch the Players' Championship. Mom wants to go play golf, do that. Boy, I've got a story about that, too. A friend of mine, when I was in my 20s, thought I could play a little golf. I was young, just swung hard, hit it far, and then go chase it down and hit it again. Wasn't really terribly good, but I tried. Uh, we were at his house one morning and decided we were to go play golf. And his mom said, hey, do you mind if I join you? I've told this story before on the air, so forgive me if you've heard it before. I kind of looked at him, and he looked at me and said, yeah, why not? What the heck? Sure, grab your clubs there, Mom. Come on, let's go play some golf. So we get over to the golf course. We didn't have time to warm up, and after all, we were young and strong and didn't need to warm up. We didn't need a bucket of balls to be ready to go. Stand up on the first tee, we both hit our first shots, hit our tee shots, and I turned to his mom, and I said, okay, here we go. You want to run on up to the red tees? To which she replies, no, I'm good. I'll hit from here. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'd stepped in it. I guarantee you I'd stepped in it, man. This woman, it turns out, had played college golf at a pretty high level and proceeded to just absolutely obliterate us, just beat us senseless, and, and taught me a very good lesson that looks can be deceiving. Don't judge a book by its cover. I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be cute and all, but, man, we're just going to outdrive her. We're going to outchip her. We're going to outputt her. We're going to be better from the fairways. Uh, none of the above turned out to be true. Not any of the above. She could play. She could flat out play. And so I will never, ever, ever look at any golfer. And you look at the guys on tour. For sure, they're... Most of those guys are pretty fit, and they look pretty strong, but every now and then somebody's going to wander out there, and you go, ooh, I don't know about that guy. If Patrick Reed walked up to the first tee box, you put him in a fake mustache and some, and some glasses and just have him out there in casual golfer clothes, some, some ugly plaid shorts and a non-matching shirt, a little sunburn on his arms, you'd think, no, this guy can't play. And then he'd just paste one down there about 310. So your your turn. Go ahead. You hit now. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. What was your name again? Look at the senior tour, for heaven's sakes. The geezers. The tour champions. Those guys, about half of them, only half of them are fit. Only half of them are fit. The rest of them are just dudes who you would never suspect if they walked up and said, hey, can I join you guys? Would never suspect to play a lick. And then they just they just hit it. All right. Do you have a ball sports update for me? Surely there's something coming. And I'm dodging, I'm dodging the songs, by the way, because I don't have a good answer yet, but we'll get to it. Uh, Astros beat the Rangers in typical 2018 fashion, feast or famine. Astros one, range, or sorry, Astros six, Rangers one. The Rockets will be entering the conference finals with the Golden State Warriors. 
uh, tomorrow. Yes, that game they will. is set to take off at 8 p.m. And in case you're wondering, NHL Conference Finals have the Lightning and the Capitals playing today at 7 p.m. And that'll do it for your very quick ball sports update. Boy, wasn't it like a flash. Holy cow. Poof, you're done. Scott Knoll trying to drive me insane. I'm sitting here just minding my own business, having a happy, fun Mother's Day. And Scotty's got to send me an email uh, with a video attached that is of tailing redfish. i got to go back to the email to see where this came from. Ding. Is this it? No, I don't know. I don't even want to know. I'm in a bad mood now because he was on these fish and I was not. There it is. Where is it? Where are they from? They were tailing really well this week, it says. Yeah, I'd say so. I would say. I need to get down there. And we're talking about in no water, basically, in maybe 8, 10 inches of water, probably, a foot at most, and just tails everywhere. Oh, I haven't watched far enough into the video yet to know if there's any lure being dropped in or maybe a fly. But I can assure you, you could have dropped a fly in there and, and caught at least one out of that school before they blew up. Two good pluggers could wait, I'm looking at this, could wait until they came out of the grass just a little bit and drop two plugs in there and catch two of them. Happy Mother's Day. I've got 30 seconds to remind you that you need to get mom taken care of this morning. My son and I are going to go home, take care of his mom, my wife, my buddy Robert here. He's got Mother's Day stuff to do as well. They're going down to go do a little fishing. I'm out of here. Michael Connors next on Sports Talk 790. Happy Mother's Day. Talk to you tomorrow. Adios. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.